The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. My esteemed co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, is with us. And, you know, between Kathy and I, over the years, I've helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%. You know, this top 10% is a tipping point of, of such that how do you get yourself and how do you get others into the top 10%? And today, we're going to be uh, talking with Elad Levinson, who is, has, is going to give us a lot of tips and information. Where our focus of today is going to be on thriving on change. You know, and we all know that change is that one constant, and it's sometimes overwhelming for all of us because there's so much change. But uh, Elad has over 45 years of experience as a leadership coach, an organizational consultant. He's a trusted advisor to senior leaders and managers to significantly improving their ability to lead in a collaborative and an engaging manner. He currently is a senior organizational effective consultant at uh, a group called um, 4128 Associates. We'll get him to talk a little bit about that. But he's also going to teach a course that we're going to talk about uh, from our friends at More Than Sound, and the course is called Thriving on Change. And so um, we'll have him tell us about that, but it has nine modules, and I think it's, it's a video. So we'll have him tell us about that, that you can um, be a part of. He also has been a senior organizational development and learning development uh, professional at Agilent, at Stanford, at ICANN, the uh, domain uh, organization, and several startups. He was the first to apply the stress theory to business and leadership at many of these organizations. Those are some of the questions we're going to ask him about, kind of the stress theory. His goals are to bring the art of relationship building and creation intention generation to the science of causing tangible, factual results that increase shareholder value and develop highly adaptable cultures, supporting the best in human spirit and action. So before we bring Elad on, we have a series of questions, and, and hopefully we can tap into his wisdom and wealth of information just as you can. Uh, you know our show here, Leadership Development News, I think this is our seventh year. We've been a top-ranked business show on Voice America with millions of listeners in 27 countries, 126 cities. Uh, Depending on the month, we can get up to about 95,000 downloads of not just this show, but shows over our seven years. So you can find us on iTunes, Leadership Development News. You, you can uh, download it for free or the Voice America website. Um, 
under leadership development news under the business section. And I'm going to talk a little bit about Kathy, and then we'll bring her on. So my co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, is probably one of the sweetest and most generous uh, people that I know in, in my life. And Kathy, aside from being a great friend, coaches leading executives and entire companies, and many of them are in the best companies to work for. She also works with the military, including special ops forces, and she uh, has a proven methodology called Fearless Equals Freedom. She's touched millions of lives as an in-demand speaker, national, uh, national conferences, social media, TV personality. She's been named the first lady of happiness on ABC's TV journal uh, show, The Morning Blend. She offers friendly tips and tools to be at your best. Kathy has a free iPhone app called Your Happiness Now. Your Happiness Now. You just go to your um, uh, iApp store and download that. And her newest book, Fearless Leaders, Sharpen Your Focus, hit the all the bestseller categories in business, including leadership and management. So you can find out more about Kathy, and she's got a rare breed of just great uh, fearless special ops coaches that work with her at www www.fearlessleadersgroup.com, fearlessleadersgroup.com, and she has some free downloads. There's a free quiz there um, that you can fill out. So, Kathy, welcome. Hello, Relly, and it's always a pleasure to be here with all of our friends from More Than Sound. For those of you who don't know Dr. Relly Nadler, he is not only a dear friend, uh, but someone I consider uh, also a mentor and a coach to me. And Dr. Relly Nadler is a master-level certified executive coach. He's a psychologist, a corporate leadership, and a team trainer. And Relly brings his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and development programs. You know, Relly's newest top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performance across all industries. And you can visit him at truenorthleadership.com, and you can access many free downloads, as well as something that I believe all of you can get value from, which is his free IAP. And it's Leadership Keys, based on the wonderful tools in his book, on emotional intelligence. It's available at the iTunes store. You can also get Relly's, uh, what we like, um, EI Central. We like to give out as much free things as we can. You know, Relly and I are all about sharing, paying it forward. And EI Central is Relly's way of giving you a lot of value. If you text 38470, 38470, and in the line, put in the words EI Central, you will be automatically provided with many of his tools, techniques, and downloads through EI Central. And you'll be getting more because Relly loves to share. So, Relly, um, how about we uh, talk a little bit about the show today and what we're going to be focusing on? Okay, good. I'm going to just say a couple brief things. People who listen to us, you know, we've heard some of these research that we go through over and over, but I'm going to, I think it'll be good to hear it from Elad's mouth. But in general, you know, it's all about trying to get more people into the top 10%. You know, most organizations, as many as 40% of organizations today say they do not have enough next-level leaders. And I know that's something that uh, Elad Levinson has been working on. And so, you know, we want to be able to share... What are some of the key tips? You know, our folks at More Than Sound focus around emotional intelligence as, as, 
as do we, with different tools and resources to raise emotional intelligence. So Kathy's website, you know, Fearless Leaders Group has stuff. My website, www. True North Leadership, and then you heard about EI Central. And I know more than sound now is is sponsoring some of the work that Elad's going to do. So Elad, let's bring you on, and we'll we'll hear from you about some of the tips of around leadership. Oh, thank you so much. I really feel excited and uh, very moved to be with the two of you. Well, well, thank you, and it's it's great to have you. And so let's, we're going to start off, and um, and also just so we can hear you, maybe to speak a little uh, closer, you know, um, okay. in, into your phone. And so, question that a lot that we always ask folks just to get a little bit of background is, you know, who have been some of the key people that you've been influenced by? You've been doing this. It says in your intro here for forty-five years, so that's huge. Well, you know. The, there was a turning point in my life, um, and it was about, I was about 25 years old, and I'd already been a, uh, a, a co-founder of a camp uh, for children in California, so I'd had this experience of being uh, a startup entrepreneur uh, at 17 to 21, and I was looking at, what, what do I want to do next? And I was working in a, uh, an alcoholism facility uh, as the employee assistance person. One of the nurses came over to me and she said, I understand you do relaxation training with uh, patients. Um, I think that you'd like this. So she gave me an interview with somebody whose name is Hans Selye, S-E-L-Y-E. Mm. A lot of people don't know that Selye uh, was the father of the stress theory. Up until that point, nobody really... Uh, had used the term stress in the medical or science, uh, kind of biological sciences. And I read this interview, and it changed my life. The interview basically with Selyer said um, three things. Number one is that there is something that's measurable and tangible that we can call stress, which is our reaction to life. Number two, that everybody reacts to stress. There's no, the only people that don't react to stress are dead. And the third is that there are positive stresses and negative stresses. Positive stresses build the immune system. Negative stresses tear them down. And Selye said that perception, how you look at things, has an enormous impact on whether a stress is positive or negative. I read that and I thought, my God, this person is basically speaking from a scientific medical standpoint, something that I already knew that we had so much influence and, and not really control, but we have so much impact on our own physical, mental health by how we look at things. So Selye would be somebody that I would say be, would be right up there. Uh, the second one I would mention would be Peter Drucker. Um, Peter Drucker, the father of modern um, management science, uh, is somebody that I've read since I was very early in my career and have continued uh, to read, um, and somebody who's deeply influenced the way that I work with people. So that's great. So those are the two folks. And then, yeah, we, we're, we're, Kathy and I'm sure are, are familiar with Hans Selye, and we'll hear a little bit more about kind of the stress theory. Um, but tell us a little bit about kind of where you are today, you know, what kind of work you do today, the focus, you know, where do you spend most of your time, and then that'll give us a kind of a good feel for, you know, where you're came from and where you are today? Sure. Well, 
Um, I, I, I'm one of these people who got recognized as a leader very early on. Uh, the Jewish Community Center um, started uh, mentoring me and promoting me into leadership roles when I was 15. Um, when I was <clears throat> about 17, um, I began to work in a, uh, a, a, um, a startup that was a residence camp for children called Camp Tawanga, which is still in existence now almost 40 years later. And I, I, I learned that I had a gift, um, and the gift really came down to I understood um, how to motivate people, how to inspire people, um, and also how to coach and, uh, and, and, and direct their attention towards the, the most important outcomes. Um, so after working for the Jewish Community Center, I started on a, a, a career. As I mentioned, I came in contact with Cellier. I developed a stress management course that was called Managing Stress to Increase Productivity and um, began to uh, teach that course. I, I logged about 10,000 hours of uh, teaching and taught over 25,000 people. Um, and it was the first uh, really mindful stress management course in the United States. Um, the, as I was teaching stress management, Stanford Hospital um, heard about my work and asked me to begin to work over there. They hired me as the director of management development, and that was a real shift for me away from being a trainer myself to being a leader uh, in learning and development. So what does that mean? It means that I was responsible for uh, 5,000 employees at Stanford University Hospital and also Stanford University uh, delivering training in supervision, management, executive education, uh, and because we didn't have much of a budget, I had to develop most of the course myself. <laughs> I think by the time I left Stanford four years later, I had developed about 45 different courses that were aimed at supervisors and managers and senior leaders. The, um, one of the things that happened at Stanford was that I was exposed to something that's called organizational development. And what that means is looking at the organization as a whole system and beginning to think about the organization as your client rather than uh, a classroom. Um, that was a big shift in my thinking because what it did was it really began to um, get me thinking about systems, um, whether they were individuals or teams or organizations. And uh, I worked at uh, Stanford for four years and then began my own consulting practice. And um, during that, this was the heyday of the beginning of the electronics industry. It was a time when there were hundreds and hundreds of startups in the Silicon Valley uh, area. And so I be began to become known as somebody that small to medium-sized companies brought in um, as a, an outside or external consultant helping them really grow their organizations and face the stresses of being a startup or a small company. And then um, as I developed competence in working with uh, that particular sector, uh, which was the um, uh, electronics field, um, I began to branch out and work in banking, and then after banking, biotechnology, and then pharma, uh, ph uh, pharmaceutical companies. But the, 
the main thing that I kept on focusing on was seeing that individuals and organizations had a very, very difficult time managing change. And change and stress are synonymous. Again, going back to Selyer, what he said was that all changes require an adaptation to stress. And so at the central kind of uh, fundamental need for organizations is to learn how to work with change. And um, wherever I've gone, and, and, and I've worked with big companies, Agilent, which was a spinoff of Hewlett-Packard, uh, or whether I was an external consultant or an internal uh, senior leader, it's always been the same kind of central idea that if you can help people uh, not only cope but thrive with change, that they're going to, as you put it, really begin to move towards that top 10%. So, yeah, this is fascinating. Uh, Kathy, I just want to not cut you off. So you you have a question? No, I, I think one of the things that I'm um, intrigued about is uh, the idea that, uh, you know, stress and the context of stress will have a very profound impa- impact on leadership. And, you know, I'm just I'm listening and I'm very intently not interfering so that people can get the larger idea, right. and I'm sure as we go through the show, I'll have more questions. Okay, good. Um, I think, um, one thing I could say, just to, yeah, go ahead, Alon. Then we're going to take a break in a minute or two. Okay, great. Um, one one of the things that I've really been thinking, you know, this part of the thing about being a, a, a inside organizations and also working with them as a consultant for forty plus years is you get to see trends, and one of the trends that I see right now is that leaders are facing a time like never before, that between the volatility, the uncertainty, the complexity, and the ambiguity of the context, you know, that's the right word, Kathy, the context that they lead in, that they have to evolve. And what business school and management education teaches is not, it's not working. Um, Leaders are really not capable of dealing with the kind of stresses that they're facing today unless they begin to develop the kind of skills that you could say are intrapersonal, meaning that they're inside the person. Mm. Well, that's, you know, that's fascinating. We want to jump more in, into that because you have, like I said, a wealth of experience in, in working with leaders and especially uh, Kathy and I know because we're in organizations every day that just the pace of change you know, is just speeding up so much that people are on 24-7. And so this uh, intrapersonal aspect, we want to talk more about that and kind of your, some of your experiences in relating that with managing stress. So this is Leadership Development News. Um, stay tuned. We're talking with Elad um, Levinson, and we'll get his uh, contact information so you can get more of his information. And we'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. 
seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Are you a fearless leader? Fearless leaders stop at nothing to win while engaging others through positive action. Fearless leaders operate with a strong sense of freedom. They embrace the courage to fail. They respond to challenges with resilience. They operate from a higher consciousness, and they excel through a mindset for success to increase everyone's ROL, or return on leadership. You can, too. Let Dr. Kathy Greenberg and a rare team of special operations coaches help you realize your full potential at fearlessleadersgroup.com. The Fearless Leaders Group applies a powerful coach approach beyond tools and techniques by fundamentally transforming a leader's core abilities and approaches to any business in as little as 90 days. Act now and receive a free bonus. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com. Take the free assessment and find out what you're truly capable of. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com to find the fearless leader in you and discover how being fearless truly equals freedom. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're having a delightful conversation 
with our guest today, Eli Levinson, and we're talking about the context of stress and executive development, especially emotional intelligence. So, Eli, we were talking about um, some of the important findings in being able to establish, if you will, growth. And um, I didn't want to interrupt you, but you were you were talking about how important it is for us to have that growth in order to understand stress. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that one of the <clears throat> one of the important issues, and, and and really, really talked about it really at the very end. Um, uh, a, a moment ago, and that is their, their organizations are time-starved. And, you, you know, you have, you have some organizations, and, and, the, and there's really uh, almost what I would say a leadership inequality, just in the same way that there's a conversation going on in the culture about income inequality. There's also um, a, a leadership inequality. And you've got some organizations some percentage of organizations that have a worldview that developing their people is absolutely critical and that one of the things that follows from the development mentality is that we will take the time that's necessary to train our people, whether it's the um, orientation coming into the company and onboarding or whether it's um, somebody who's moving from one position to another, um, they're going to take the time to make sure that that person is getting coached and mentored. So their relationship to time is very, very different than the organizations, which I think, unfortunately, really make up the majority. Those organizations view time as there isn't enough, um, and one of the things that we're going to cut is going to be development. And so what ends up happening is that you have organizations who have whittled away and whittled away and whittled away their development budgets and um, have really looked at coaching and mentoring as something that is nice to do, but it's not necessary. And I think that the outcome of that is what the, <clears throat> the Gallup organization has described as um, a 30, 30% of all employees are engaged in their jobs. What does that mean? I mean, to me as a senior leader, what it means is that I've got people who don't really care about being there. And yes, they do the job, and they do it in a way with uh, mindlessness, um, and they can't be counted on to uh, meet a commitment that they have made. And they seem to kind of glide through because the, the organizational context supports the lack of engagement. So the organizations that I'm studying and that I'm interested in are those that have a development mentality or that are, want to turn the corner. They, maybe they don't have a development um, orientation, but they really, truly want to develop it. And you know, the, I, yeah. I, do have a, I, I have a question for you. Here's one of the things that I'm very interested in is, and we know that certainly many people are, are focused on, is this obviously the mindfulness approach. Now we're talking about companies that have a, <clears throat> pardon me, a focus on development as an attitude. And instead of, instead of, linking this to a leadership approach, you're, you're linking this to a development philosophy. I just want to clarify that. Well, I, I think that they really are the same thing in my mind, Kathy. Like, um, so 
develop the question that I would ask if I'm the head of learning and development is development for what purpose? Uh-huh. I mean, if I'm working inside of a company, I want my development of my people to be tied to the business needs of the organization. And so what are the business needs of the organization? Well, one of them is that we see that leaders are not prepared to lead. And why? Well, I think that one of the reasons why they're not prepared to lead is that we've missed a a golden opportunity that we're beginning to now focus on, which is that each individual has way more capacity, way more capability than we've tapped. And I think this is the reason why mindfulness research and Dan Goleman's work around focus and attention and relaxation and my work around generating and cultivating goodwill are so critical to really moving organizations to greater capacity and capability. The, the only reason, in my mind, the only reason to teach mindfulness is that it increases people and their effectiveness and their efficiency. In, in other words, it's going to have a huge impact on how people do what they do and what they choose to do. Did, did I answer your question? You did, and I think it's very important for our listeners to hear those distinctions because if we continue to try to focus on leadership in the absence of the overall growth and development of an organization's capacity, okay, as a winning formula, then we're missing the mark in creating the future leaders that we'll need to continue to fill this gap. And I just wanted to make sure that everyone's hearing that because we overuse the word leadership development a lot. All people need to develop. All people need to grow. And by focusing the words leadership development together, sometimes we do off-track our thinkers that are trying to help us. And if we would stay more with your philosophy of development, right, as it leads to the best practices for the entire organization, we also have a better shot at being successful helping them. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and, and one of the things that really excites me is the notion of, I don't know if you're familiar with the work of Carl Weick, High, Reli- high Reliability Organizations. No. Um, yeah, so one of the things that Weick um, asserts is that at some point, mindfulness becomes resident as a trait within an organization when the organization commits itself systems-wide to the development of mindfulness. And so instead of individuals kind of carrying the um, being champions for uh, awareness or self-regulation or the application of mindfulness in relationship building, it becomes a cultural norm. And when it becomes a cultural norm, uh, the the level or the intensity of the um, impact that mindfulness has jumps from one plus one plus one to now you've got a system that's beginning to generate an enormous amount of energy because people right. are taking responsibility for their own reactions to things. So, so one of the things a lot I wanted to jump in on, uh, and I agree with what you first said, and I, I like how you said it, you know, um, there's a leadership inequality that it really goes down to typically the top leader or leaders from their awareness that this is valuable. And I know, you know, you're in organizations, Kathy and I are in organizations, and often if we're, if we're working at a mid-level, 
organization and they it things are resonant with them and they go, Wow, this is good, they always say, Are our top people doing this? And often the top people are not doing it, you know, because they don't have the time. So what have you found successful to get maybe the top people in your organization who can really set the course for their whole organization, not just individuals? You know, what have you found helpful to get them interested in this? Well, I think it um, it comes down to two things, and it's a great question that you're asking. That uh, When I was at Agilent, um, Bill Sullivan, who is the CEO, used to say, well, the reason why we focus on senior leaders is because they cast the biggest shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can look at that in two ways. One of them is that they cast the biggest darkness. Uh, right. But you can also look at it that they cover the most territory in terms of their impact. Yeah. Um, I think that leaders come to uh, some realization about the value of mindfulness in two ways. One is they have a personal experience that changes their life. Um, and I, th- I think a lot of people who have been impacted by Bill George and his work around True North leadership, uh, I think that people who have been impacted by uh, Search Inside Yourself at um, Google, people who have been impacted by themselves going and doing uh, a day long or maybe taking the mindfulness-based stress reduction course that John Kabat-Zinn founded, or maybe they go to a retreat, but something happens where they realize that they're really using a very small percent of their capacity and capability and that what the, the missing piece is self-awareness and that then they come back into the organization with kind of a, a zest for wanting to see that implemented. The second way is that there, you have to develop a business case for why mindfulness is of value. Many of the people who um, I interviewed for the the program Thriving on Change, are researchers at University of Michigan, University of Minnesota, uh, Cranfield School of Management in the U.K. They're all doing this seminal uh, breakthrough work around proving beyond a shadow of a doubt that when people train in mindfulness, the value that it has to executives, to leaders, is phenomenal. Not only does it have an impact on their ability to be able to step back from their thoughts, their feelings, and their reactions and make better choices. That's called self-regulation or self-mastery. But it also has an enormous impact on the quality of the relationships that they have with people because it builds empathy and it also builds connectivity, that sense of I'm engaged with you, I'm listening to you, my mind is not wandering all over the place. I actually am giving you my full undivided attention. And so you're saying, that, you know, so for some of the research, because Kathy and I are so evidence-based, that the mindfulness, we, we know this intuitively, but you're saying they're saying the more aware uh, you are of yourself connects to empathy and compassion, so that, that internal connection allows you to be, facilitate more external connection. Is that right? Well, let me give you an example. Jane Dutton, who is one of the founders of the Center for Positive Organizational Scholarship at University of Michigan Ross School of Business, has been studying, researching. At at, you know, this is the kind of research that um, anybody would look at and say, "Well, this is very high quality research. It's 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 impeccable." Um, And she's been studying compassion in the workplace. 
And one of the things that she said to me in the interview um, is that it's been a big surprise to people like herself that when you train in mindfulness, it has an immediate impact on the quality of your relationships with your direct reports and with your peers. And her, she said it seems to be that it happens in three ways. One is that when you train uh, in mindfulness, one thing that happens immediately is you take more responsibility for your own reactions to situations. So instead of being unaware of the impact that you're having on your people or you're having on the, the team that you manage or the project that you're a part of, you can begin to step back with that wonderful sense of, of observer and notice things that you do that are both positive and negative that may be really influencing outcomes. So that's number one. Number two, you just become warmer. You become a more interested person in others um, than you might have been before you practiced mindfulness. So there's that sense of um, a concern that you might have for people that translates as, I'm with you, I'm not against you, I'm interested in you, and I'm interested in your growth and development. And then the third is that it has an immediate impact on listening. When, when you're mindful, you tend to be able to put aside your um, kind of internal reactions to things and really listen to somebody and what it is that they're experiencing so that what you're able to include their experience when you begin to problem solve. So, uh, Elad, you know, I'm sure Kathy is just smiling like I am because, you know, we're both much advocates, I mentioned earlier, about mindfulness and trying to bring us into the organization and, and also just, you know, now, it, now the time is ripe, but when you can bring this evidence in, and I also like what you just said about problem solving because that's what I think gets executives' attention. Yes, you know, the engagement and all those are great, but it, it, it's really about problem solving. I guess that goes back to some of your things around stress. Um, and so why don't we kind of take a quick pause uh, on that and come back to that question because we're going to go to our, our next break. Uh, so you, this is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you a fearless leader? Fearless leaders stop at nothing to win while engaging others through positive action. Fearless leaders operate with a strong sense of freedom. They embrace the courage to fail. They respond to challenges with resilience. They operate from a higher consciousness, and they excel through a mindset for success to increase everyone's ROL or return on leadership. You can, too. Let Dr. Kathy Greenberg and a rare team of special operations coaches help you realize your full potential at fearlessleadersgroup.com. The Fearless Leaders Group applies a powerful coach approach beyond tools and techniques by fundamentally transforming a leader's core abilities and approaches to any business in as little as 90 days. Act now and receive a free bonus. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com. Take the free assessment and find out what you are truly capable of. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com to find the fearless leader in you and discover how being fearless truly equals freedom. 
Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic plays to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're having a delightful conversation with Eli Levinson. And uh, Eli, before we went to this last break, we talked about um, the importance of problem solving, decision making. Um, and I have many other colleagues at the University of Michigan, uh, including Noel Tissue, who works on this uh, book on judgment call. Uh, let, let's go back to how the context is best impact that? Why it's so important for us to address it? Well, I mean, if you go back and you you look at the recent Bloomberg study about the skills gap that um, executives are finding in corporations, what they said was that the, the four areas that are really missing that are not being trained for in business school or in management education are problem solving, decision making, leadership skills, and communication skills. And by the way, these are the same missing pieces that have been um, cited since 2001 when I first started reading 
uh, Burson, Josh Burson and Company's annual report to the learning and development world. I think that there's there's a couple of things I want to say about this. Um, one is that the companies that are highly engaged, um, do train for problem-solving and decision-making. The way they do that is that they, they set up from the very beginning that an employee um, comes into a company, a leader comes into a company, situations in which they have to really be um, making decisions and problem-solving and then being coached and mentored, or they're getting formal training in problem-solving and decision-making. One of the things that I found in my work is that the best way to train people is to do it in a case study method. So our uh, program, the More Than Sound program, Thriving on Change, it really is not a mindfulness training program. What it is is taking three areas, mindful awareness, focus and attention, and generating and cultivating goodwill as big skill areas that are required for employees to develop a base, a foundation that they can problem solve from. So let me give you a very specific example. Um, a company that I worked with, ICANN, uh, the charter for me as a, as a consultant was we're a 13-year-old startup. We basically are responsible for the resilience and the safety and the security of the Internet. We have a very small staff. Um, we really need to be able to, as um, the CEO put it, we need to change while we're flying the airplane to 30,000 feet. And um, what I found was that there are very, very bright people, incredibly skilled in the areas, that, but they'd never received any kind of context with regard to the, the, the field of problem-solving and decision-making. So one basic assumption is that if you want people to become good at problem-solving and decision-making, you have to describe that as a competence that is part of the performance management process. I mean, you know, the, there's an old saying, what gets measured gets done. And if I'm um, responsible for problem-solving and decision-making, and it's not on my performance plan, then I'm going to find ways to ignore it, or it's just not going to be a part of my consciousness. And so, you know, when, when, when we put together Thriving on Change, we said, well, what are the factors that lead to people being good at problem-solving and decision-making? Well, very specifically with regard to decision-making, you have to be able to not only really listen to other people, and, and, and your, your direct reports or the, your peers and really hear what they're having to say as a part of your, 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 the context building for the decision. But you also have to be able to put aside your views, your opinions, your biases about what's the right decision so that you're able to bring a, a kind of neutrality or objectivity to that decision-making process. And I think that's really where... Uh, mindfulness comes in. Uh, I think also that there's a lot of conflict that occurs within the problem-solving and decision-making process. So when, we, when I developed the, the segment on generating and cultivating goodwill, I did something that uh, other people found very surprising. I said, well, if you're going to generate goodwill, you have to be very good at conflict resolution. 
And so the, that whole segment has a tremendous amount of information and skill building, starting with the Thomas Kilman inventory, so you have some self-understanding about what kind of conflict mode you come from, and then ending that segment with Joseph Grenny and Crucial Conversations and some of the tools that Crucial Conversations brings, the methodology that they bring to conflict resolution. Because I believe from personal experience that mindfulness is one thing, but you also have to be able to stand the heat when things when, when people do have differences of opinion and there's strong negative emotion, mindfulness often goes out the door if you don't also have the competence to be able to have that conversation skillfully. That's, that's beautifully said, Ilan. You know, and, and so many of us are married to our own opinion versus, you know, getting back into maybe there's some ambiguity about, well, if I really listen to others, I'm not going to be so certain. So you get back into that, that kind of VUCA world that you, I think you spoke about in your articles. Um, so say a little bit about Thriving on Change program. Um, you know, what is it, and, you know, and then how people can get a hold of it, because I think, I know for me, I'm really interested, and I'm sure others are, too, about that. Well, thank you very much. Um, Thriving on Change is a nine-module uh, program that is about probably about 20 hours of content. It's a streaming video. You can go to uh, Praxis, P-R-A-X-I-S-U, Y-O-U, uh, which is a, a division of More Than Sound. You talked about More Than Sound. You can also access it through the More Than Sound website. Uh, and the program is, going, is structured the way that people actually learn. So there's an introduction link that will be available. If you're interested in just seeing the introduction, that's free and available to anybody. It's about 30 minutes long. And it gives you an idea of the total program. And I, what I'm really excited about is that it's competency-based. In other words, I'm a, a new manager working in a company, and I really need support, uh, and I'm not getting it. But for $250, I can purchase this or I can go to my HR department and have my HR department purchase some seats for the company. And as a result of that, you've now got 20 hours of content that includes uh, wonderful uh, deep relaxation programs where you begin to learn some of the skills that are in the program. It covers those three areas that I brought up. It also has some extraordinary interviews with some of the top people in the world uh, Dan Goldman um, has an hour interview with segments that are interspersed, but the full hour interviewer, Mirabai Bush, Joseph Grenny, who's one of the founders of uh, Crucial Conversations, Sylvia Borstein, who's one of the finest um, meditation teachers in the world, and then six incredible researchers from all over the world <clears throat> um, are interviewed and the, all of those interviews are going to be accessible through the program. Wow. And, and who are some of the, the, the research people that you interviewed, some of the six? I was just well, let's see. Jane Dutton from University of Michigan, who oh, I okay. earlier. Uh, Teresa Glom from University of Minnesota, the Carlson School of Management. Um, Teresa's got some wonderful 
um, uh, tips on mindfulness and time management. Um, you know, don't you really want to not only be mindful, but also to be able to apply it to really important things like how you manage your time? Uh, Yuta Tobias, who is at the Cranfield School of Management um, in the UK, and who also is one of the authors of a white paper that was commissioned by the UK Parliament um, on how to become a mindful nation. So the UK has made a commitment to begin to integrate mindfulness into uh, segments like education, like criminal justice, like Mm. mental health, and also governance of the country. And Ute is one of the authors. Uh, Another researcher from the UK, Juliet Adams, who wrote a wonderful book called uh, Mindfulness for Dummies. Um, and she now has a second book that's going to be coming out called Mindful Leadership for Dummies. Um, so these are, these are people who are absolutely tops in their field. And the interview between myself and them is just chock full of nuggets, uh, wow. both in terms of what the research is about, but also how to apply it. That's so exciting, and, and $250 is, is a phenomenal fee. So you get access to that. Is there a ta- time frame, um, you know, that it's only available? or once you, No, once you... so once you download the program, it's yours. The way that we've broken it up, because we know how people learn, is that one module will um, be available per month. So this is okay. not a Netflix binge, all you want. <laughs> leadership development program. This is one that's actually based on sound adult learning principles, which, you know, basically the assumption is it takes time to develop skill. And so you get one module. Within the module, there is this wonderful variety of media. um, There are uh, visualizations. There are PDFs that you can work on. There's worksheets. There's some lectures by me. Uh, and That's then there's great. some um, interview uh, that interviews that are interspersed in the the video. Yeah. So it really keeps your attention, and uh, it it really follows the maxim that you get introduced to an idea, then you try it out, then you reflect on it, and then you uh, then then it has, it's huge. more likely to be yours. One. And so we're coming to the end here, uh, Elad. So at praxis, is it praxis dot com? I know yeah, you said also you more than come. sound. Yeah, and so Praxis U, um, or you can access it through morethansound.org. And if people want to get in touch with you, are you open to that? And what would be Absolutely. your Absolutely. In fact, um, I've been publishing on LinkedIn, and one of the most enjoyable things for me is getting comments and, and reactions from people. Actually, I just got hired uh, to do some consulting as a result of my LinkedIn presence and the work that I'm doing on Thriving on Change. So that would be E. Levinson, L-E-V-I-N-S-O-N, at 4128associates, that's all one word, dot com. Okay, and is that is that your address or something? Four one two eight associate. That's my email address. Oh, okay. And I, I I like people just writing me. Good, good, good. Well, I'm going to drop you a line. Um, okay. So, thank you so much for this, and and I think we just wet people's appetite. You know, it does sound like a phenomenal opportunity to really get cutting edge information. And and Elad, for all the reasons you know that you're saying, you know, it's almost I would say to leaders. If you're not doing any kind of mindfulness training, you're falling behind. 
and and it's one of the easiest and simplest things that you can incorporate. So I agree. Great, really. great information. So Kathy, you want to bring us on home? Well, I just want to thank thank our wonderful guests and uh, want to thank. Uh, you know, obviously, all the people who contributed to your work, Elada, we are so happy to have you. Thank you, everyone, for joining in to tune up your, uh, you know, mindfulness, and hopefully you know now where to go get some more. So have a great, great week. We wish you all well. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, and don't forget to tune up your leadership skills by going to ExcelInstitute.com. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.